0: Chapter eighteen of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen. What do you think of this, boys? said Griggs at sunrise the next morning. Splendid! cried Chris. Glorious! shouted Ned. Oh, bothered the old gold and the tramping through choking deserts. Come along, Chris. Here what are you going to do cried griggs swell ourselves out again replied chris i am dried up like a stork with all that miserable tramping and i shan't come right again till i've been in for an hour in where why in that big pool you listen you can hear me crackle with the salt and dust caked over me i'm afraid to laugh for fear i should crack my skin get out but a good wash will be a treat i say though that place looks deep you can both swim very well oh tidily eh ned i should think so that's all right then said griggs but how about-about what cried chris for the American stopped the anacondas and alligators and snapping turtles and garfish with teeth sharp as sharks oh i say cried ned with his face contradicting as he glanced at the smooth clear waters of the largest pool in sight you don't think there's anything of that sort in there do you i dunno haven't given it a thought replied the american come along cried chris he's laughing at us Not I, said Griggs. Anacondas, said Chris thoughtfully. Yes, they are the big boa constrictors, like chaps that half live in the water and lay hold of anything that goes in. No, it's all stuff, Ned. They don't live here. They're in South America. There's nothing to mind. I don't know so much about that, said Griggs. What about alligators and snapping turtles? There's safe to be plenty of them in a place like this. But they wouldn't try to touch us, cried Chris. I shall chance it. Ned looked anxious. Here I say, Griggs, he said. No games. We want a bath horribly. You don't think there really are any biting things in the water, do you? I don't know, my lad this is a new place altogether to me there are plenty of vicious hungry things down in mississippi and florida i know that but we're not in mississippi nor yet in florida cried chris i say griggy where are we why here to be sure replied the american don't talk stuff cried chris angrily what part are we in i'm not a geography book my lad and i don't know where we are only that we've traveled southwest. no finger-posts up here and no lines to show where the states are divided now you're bantering again griggs cried chris irritably you must know if you come to that why so must you my lad but i really don't know only that we're well into the wild unsettled parts of the country and i should say nobody had ever been here before but prospectors chaps like the poor fellow who came crawling to us regularly done up but where should you think we are well i'm inclined to think that we've got well into arizona my lad where the great unexplored salt deserts are very well then we've explored that part and come across the deserts and got into the good land now Oh, have we said Griggs derisively? Why, we've only just tasted a bit of one. Do you know how big these wilds are? A few miles across, I suppose. Fifty or so at the outside. That's mild for a guess, said Griggs. Why, I believe there's room enough out in these wilds for us to lose ourselves and wander about for years. Very well, then, let's wander chris that's nothing to do with what we want to do here and that's to bathe and get rid of all of this sand and dust well then if you'll take my advice you'll keep on the shallows close to the edge in case Yah! look at that the boys were already looking their attention having been caught by the rising of a little wave caused by some fish or reptile rushing through the water for a few yards before curving over making a great splash as it disappeared a big fish seizing a small one cried chris well that won't hurt us and hurrying along the edge of the pool they were not long before plunging in for a good swim to come out ready to dry themselves in the sun and after dressing enjoying the sensation of being freed from the dust and salt which had clung to their skins i say bother the old gold said ned again as they stood gazing at the mountains half-bidden by the delicate clouds of mist curling about their sides and clinging to the great peak which had formed their guide isn't it lovely why can't we live here because we've got something else to do cried chris grimly besides how could we live live why the same as we did at the plantation i believe that everything would grow here and that we could raise abundance of fruit and who should we sell it to bother never mind about selling it cried ned contemptuously eat it ourselves live on oranges eh what stuff you talk ask your father what he thinks but there be plenty of other things here to eat we could grow corn and graze cattle and keep poultry i dare say we shall come across buffaloes and deer then there are abundance of birds and i dare say these fish in the pools would be good without reckoning on the salmon what salmon cried chris grimly the salmon in the rivers that come down from the mountains over there of course cried chris mockingly Here let's go salmon fishing this morning we've got hooks and lines packed up somewhere and i don't suppose it will take us long to find a salmon river ned stared wide-eyed at his comrade who burst out laughing oh i say ned what a baby you are i shall tear them over our breakfast everything you oh i say smell that yes cried ned eagerly coffee no no that other smell i know old griggs is frying something for breakfast come on the scene around was glorious there was the blue sunlit sky in the distance the purple mist and the glistening silver of pool after pool while all else was golden green tree bush and waving reed Rush and grass to a couple of boys whose eyes had been smarting for days in the dusty glare the country around seemed perfect in its beauty but though they had been revelling therein and enjoyed it to the full now that they were refreshed by their bath all seemed as nothing compared with the film of grey smoke that arose from close by the heap of packs beyond which the ponies and mules were grazing half hidden by the lush rich grass which brushed their flanks but it was not only the sight of that slow rising smoke there was the odor which floated to their nostrils and set them off running in a way which seemed to suggest that their swim had washed away all the stiffness and languor of the day before breakfast shouted griggs as they drew near and his cry brought up wilton Bourne, and the doctor each with his double rifle and shotgun across his shoulder the change was so great after the sufferings and excitement of the past hours that everyone was enthusiastic and the conversation became general about the future but very soon all but one became listeners the one being the doctor who laid down the law as to future proceedings, giving it as his opinion that the success of the expedition, or more especially, the continuance thereof, must depend upon their keeping in touch with water. Yes, that's right, said Griggs, as if speaking to himself. You see, said the speaker, our stores must rapidly grow less, and we have to face the fact that we shall have to throw ourselves upon the resources of the country hence to go on journeying through the desert means failure perhaps worse for we may find some day that we have gone so far that we cannot retrace our steps you follow me griggs quite sir was the reply you are saying what i think only much better i don't want to push forward my opinions but i know a little about these matters having journeyed far north years ago and having had a good deal to do with the horrible alkali plains as they call them exactly and we shall always be glad of your advice and counsel said the doctor now it seems to me that wherever we can we must keep to the mountains it will be more arduous for our beasts but near the high lands we may generally find water where there is water there are grass and trees and where there are trees we may find food in the shape of birds and other animals as well as provisions for our ponies and mules plenty of fish in that big pool said chris oh cried ned in protest we only saw one but he was after another said chris sharply and that big one is sure to have plenty of young ones. His relatives, eh? said Bourne, smiling. Of course, added Wilton with a laugh. and that will include the old folks as well as the young. Yes, said the doctor, and you boys must try your hands at catching them whenever there is a chance. In fact, we must all bear in mind that it is urgent that we should be on the lookout for food, not in a destructive way, but so as to have the next day's supplies in hand. But now about today. We have excellent quarters here, the beasts are reveling in good pasture, and though I am anxious to go on, I think we had better stay where we are, say, for a couple of days more, not to do nothing, But let this be camp from which we make an expedition or two towards that peak and part of the way up its slopes so as to determine in which direction we shall go next there was a murmur of assent here and wilton took up the debate i believe he said that we shall find the source of a river up there and that then it would be wise to follow it down that would take us towards the sea said ned's father decisively not for certain sir cried griggs well then towards where the river joined another which ran into the sea not for certain sir repeated griggs very well then but it runs into some good-sized lake not for certain sir paid griggs so decisively that chris laughed But a river must fall into something, said Ned's father sharply. Griggs' interruptions have made him feel nettled. Yes, sir, of course. But in a desert country, such as it is about here, they fall into difficulties. I know, cried Chris. Griggs means that they tumble down into those great canyons, like that one on the Colorado, isn't it, where the banks are a mile deep? no i don't squire said griggs firmly though i shouldn't be a bit surprised if we came across one of those gashes in the desert i meant that some of the little rivers that come down from the mountains run bright and clear for a time in amongst the rocks till they get to the more level ground and then they spread out and grow wide and shallow so that you find they're only up to your knees a mile or two lower down than they're not up to your ankles while a bit lower there's no river at all what gone down a sinkhole cried chris no squire spread out and soaked away into the sand which begins by looking dark-coloured and has patches of grass growing in it for a bit and then you get further and the sun has drunk up all the sand had not swallowed but there must be pools and marshes said wilton pools sometimes but where you do find one it's as salt as the sea only a deal nastier and if you drink any of it you find it makes you ill you've had that experience said the doctor more than once sir replied Briggs. and it aren't nice which way do you mean to go to-day sir straight for the mountains replied the doctor. Hmm, grunted Griggs, won't get there in one journey. No, replied the doctor, scanning the beautiful elevation through his glass, but I think we might do what we can in the way of selecting another camp to which we can move a day or two later. Yes, we can do that, sir, but what about here? I should set up the tent here before we start, suggested Wotan. what for sir asked Griggs sharply it will be a big white object for our guidance on our way back Griggs shook his head and smiled we shall take our bearings and be able to find our camp again the water here will do for one big mark and we're yonder on the hills if you set up that tent with no one to mind it the mules won't be long before they come rubbing themselves against the ropes and upsetting it, for one thing. Another is that if a roving band of mountain Indians came along, they would be down upon it at once to see what there was worth taking. But surely there are no mounted Indians about here, said Ned eagerly. Maybe no, maybe yes, my lad. I don't know that there are. "'and I don't know that there aren't. "'There's plenty of room for them, "'and a nice country where there's water and perhaps game. "'Rightly enough, there may be Indians, "'for they're here today and a hundred miles off tomorrow, "'roving about in search of eatables.' "'Yes,' said the doctor gravely, "'and the thought of the life they lead is encouraging to me.' "'Encouraging?' cried Born and Wilton together. "'Certainly.' I have been a good deal exercised in my mind about the failing of our provisions, forcing us at last to turn back. But if we follow the example of the Indians, there is no reason why we, so long as we have sufficient ammunition, should not be able to keep on for years. If it were necessary, what one band can do, surely another can. That's what you think, then, is it, sir? said Griggs sharply yes why do you speak like that only because i'm glad you see fully what we've got to do sir and are ready to do it but we must husband our stores said Byrne. of course sir said griggs with his eyes twinkling we will as long as they'll stop to be husbanded but they'll shrink away to nothing at last and we must look forward to the time when all the extras Be gone, and we shall have to live on meat and water. Rather starvation rations, Griggs, said Wilton, while the boys stared at one another. Oh, no, sir, I've been through it, and it isn't half bad. You soon get used to it, and then you find out what roast meat and cold water really are, about the most delicious eating and drinking in the world. Your appetite's splendid. You can sleep like a top, and as to what you can do, it's wonderful. You never seem to be tired. Then you don't feel any apprehension about our having to give up for want of supplies? Not a bit, sir, as long as the powder and shot last. When they're done, the sooner we make for civilization, the better. Yes, said the doctor thoughtfully. You must be right, Griggs. ''Yes, sir, I am right,'' said Griggs, without a shadow of brag in his way of speaking. ''I wouldn't speak out as I do if I hadn't proved it.'' ''How long did you lead such a life as that?'' asked Chris. ''Going on for four years. Why, I've talked to you and Squire Ned here often.'' ''Yes, of course, about your experiences in the big northwest,'' said Chris but i didn't know it lasted so long don't you remember about his fight with the indians when they rode around his party asked ned yes i remember said chris then thoughtfully you think we shall find indians out here no i don't my lad but i feel pretty sure they'll find us most likely said the doctor nodding his head but we can beat them off you feel then griggs that we need be under no apprehension about our stores not a bit sir so long as we keep within touch of the mountains i'd almost go as far as to say that we could do better without them we could after a time for it will save a lot of trouble in loading up the baggage but they won't fail yet a while a man can do without tea and coffee and sugar and pepper i'm about meal too when he's obliged we shan't want for salt i dare say though the less we come across that the better we shan't fail over finding where that poor old chap made his mark on account of the eating and drinking i was thinking about him in the night when i woke up to have a look around what about him said chris for the american had stopped short about how long he'd been living out somewhere in these parts. Or some other parts, said Wilton. That's right, sir. How long had he been out here then? asked Ned eagerly. Can't say, squire, but a many, many years, for he was pretty nigh worn out, weren't he, doctor? By privation, principally, said Bourne thoughtfully. Privation i'd had a good deal to do with it certainly said the doctor but griggs is right he was nearly worn out with his long fight said willerton principally from old age he must have been very far past seventy what cried bourne oh yes he was very old replied the doctor quietly eh he seemed so said griggs Old enough to be a hundred, not that he was. I'll say eighty. Well, he might easily have been wandering about in his gold hut for twenty or thirty or forty years. Oh, absurd, cried Wilton. Perhaps so, sir, but look here. He went out with a party of prospectors, didn't he? Yes, and he was the only survivor. To be sure, he told me so. Well, it's an old story about the parties of prospectors going out into the desert in search of gold and never coming back. Yes, we have heard it often. Well, tell me this, Mr. Wilton, said Briggs sharply. When a party goes out exploring, what sort of chaps are they? A very brave enterprising set. Of old men, I suppose, sir, nearly worn out? Nonsense. "'Able-bodied, vigorous, young, and active fellows,' cried Wilton decisively. "'That's right, sir. Then how many years is it since that poor old fellow was young, able-bodied, and vigorous, and started off into the desert with his party? It wasn't yesterday I'll be bound.' "'No,' said Wilton, very slowly and thoughtfully. "'He managed to live a long time out here, sir, eh?' said Griggs, smiling, and so can we. We've got a hundred times his chance, but as I said before, we know what he didn't. What do you mean? said Ned's father. We know that the Gold City is somewhere, and we've got his plan to work upon. Now, Doctor, continued the speaker suddenly, what do you say to making a start for the mountain, to have a look around? The sooner the better, said the doctor only let's make a stack of our stores that's soon done said briggs and all started to place the bells so that the mules might not investigate matters that were of no concern of theirs chapter eighteen